Welcome to the Partner Running Show, a show for runners and soon-to-be runners from around the world as we talk all things running. The Partner Running Show is hosted by a couple on the run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien, and proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine. And now, on with the show. Well, welcome to the Partner Running Show on this second uh, or first of July. 2015, uh, Happy New Year, I suppose we should say, for those following the uh, the financial, or the, the July to June financial year. Uh, it's our second show for the week in a busy week here on the Partner Running Show, so it's good to be here again. Again so, so in the studio, after. correct. Yes, we just thought it was such a good opportunity to do these two shows and put together almost the bookends. Yes, of the, of the uh, two big Australian big city uh Downtown ultras. So we uh, earlier in the week we looked at uh, we spoke to Brett Saxon and looked at the Tan Ultra amongst other things. And today, uh, very uh, fortunate and it's a fascinating interview. We're ca- catching up with uh, Keith Hong. We have caught up with him a few days ago. Actually, it's a pre-record. Um, and amongst other things, Keith is the director of uh, Buzz Events and Co. But he's also the race director or the race manager for the Centennial Park Ultra, which is coming up in. Sydney uh, in uh, well early August, second of August, and Correct. so as well as uh, learning about Keith the runner, we're going to find out all about Centennial Park Ultra. We're going to find out about Run Runation. I still can't get my chops around that. Um, but in essence, the uh, Australian Film Running Film Festival, which is starting out in Sydney this year, and more to come, and. Um, a few other bits and pieces that that Keith has on the go, oh, so no, that's the, that's the focus of most of our show. But we are going to squeeze in uh, pretty much our normal or regular segments with a few variations, as we did some bits on Tuesday and other bits, bits today. today. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on with the show. Over the shoulder, a quick review of last weekend's running. Well, we did the. Uh, race results or from last weekend on Tuesday, sort of the, the news and views that came through from, from last weekend's various running events around the world. Uh, but we had a couple of other items that I thought we might as well tick off today. And one of them was a follow-up question that somebody had asked, and um, it was in regard to uh, us leading up towards uh, UTMF, Mount Fuji, at the end of September, and where what sort of events were we going to be doing between now and then? And it kind of reminded me as, you know, we're sort of, off to the uh, with Trails Plus or the Foot Pro uh, seminar next week Tuesday night. You can get details uh, from the show link there. But the um, the question was, what sort of events are we doing between now and UTMF to kind of mix our training and that sort of thing? So mm-hmm. before we go through the actual list of the things we're doing, in terms of the balance between events and training, what's the general philosophy that that we're following to get ready for the 168k around Mount Fuji? Well, we're tending to do most of our longer runs as events. So really practising under race conditions in a way um, how to put together our nutrition and our hydration and and carrying packs, I suppose, getting used to carrying the load rather than just going out for a long run around our local trail. So most of our longer runs are tending to be events. Yep. So um, I suppose to put it in context then for the sort of the flow through we we did uh hong kong 100 in january mm-hmm. which was a kind of t- for us a tough lots of hills uh good sort of setting of the scene um we then sort of 
it had a bit more build-up for the Anzac 300, which was our sort of biggest, well, one of two big races for the year, and that was early April. We then pretty much did not much at all, uh, lots of rest and recovery to build up to Comrades, uh, the 80, 89K there, which, you know, we weren't, we weren't looking to win, but, but it was because it was the 90th anniversary, we did want to go and enjoy the, the event and get around the course. And that kind of then brought us back home with uh, the three months leading to, to uh, the, the Fuji. And so I suppose, again, you break that down into two parts. The first stage now over the sort of the, the first four weeks is kind of a lead up to the Yuyang's 100, the 100 miler. And uh, the reason for doing that is, it's, again, it's another practice running through the night. Uh, it's close to home. It's a race we've done before. I think we can manage it within our overall schedule, and it's a good time to be testing some warmth, hyd- uh, hydration, energy, those kinds mm. of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so that being sort of a, a milestone in terms of an event to practice strategy and maybe regroup from, but also then to back off a little bit in terms of the longer events, try to just get a bit of recovery before trying to pick it up again. Most of our runs are going to be on trail. Yep. And that's sort of because Fuji's on trail. So that's sort of maybe our strategy yes, as well. Yes, it is. It is. It's, a, it's a big uh, trail focus. So I mm. suppose in between the events, it is some midweek trail and hill type work and strengthening to get up for that. So just quickly, I suppose, because the, the question was not just the overall training, but the events that we're doing is to incorporate into our training. So... Last weekend, we did the uh, Surf Coast Trail, ran down, then ran back for an 80K. Two weeks of, of freshening up, then we'll do the Yu Yang's 100 miler, uh, somewhere hopefully just under the you know, 22 to 24 hour kind of uh, window. Then this will be some recovery. And then uh, August, we'll see us go to Sydney and our guest today, we're going to go up there and do the 50K at Centennial Park Ultra, back for Melbourne, either for the 50 or the 100 at the Tan Ultra. Uh, then as a you know, your old school, they've got a sort of a, a student event, but it's there's a, a 45, 50K run there to be had or, or marathon will be on, so we'll get that in for a trail. Then probably our last big one is up to Cairns for a 65K in the Corunda to Port Douglas, 23rd of August. Uh, August 30, I think it's off to Wonderland, the new um, Rowan Day and Co. event. Then... Again, we spoke to, to Brett Saxon earlier in the week. The, the hell run 63K, and then it's into taper, and at the end of the month, Fuji. Yes. So making sure that we do build up to a certain extent and get tough, but then also get um, some recovery and making sure we taper properly before heading into the massive event that Fuji is. So that was the in response to that question. Um, another thing that caught my eye just quickly is... Um, the whole phenomenon around early bird entries and uh, Melbourne Marathon was promoting you know, their June 30 early bird cutoff, all that sort of thing. You save yourself 20 bucks on the marathon. And when I was having a look at to see what the discount was, because uh, for us, we often weigh up, do we enter now and save 10 or 20 bucks? Or when it's when a race is six months away, you know, it's like, well, am I going to risk the money in case I was injured or get a, an offer to go somewhere else or do a different event? So we always kind of have a look at the, is it worth our while? But I noticed they have a VIP package now for Melbourne oh, Marathon. Mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed that. And uh, most of it looked, looked pretty good, good value for money and all that sort of thing. But there was one thing that stood out, caught my eye, and I'm interested in uh, listeners' feedback and comments. 
So what they do is you, you get a, a bunch of things at the start, you know, where they you know, express postage for your bib and they look after you in the pre-race and et cetera, et cetera. And then they do some after things. But the one that I wanted to talk about is uh, the VIP start zone at the front of the pack. Wow. So that sounds like you're right up the front at the start of the race. So you can pay to get at the front of the pack. I'm just going off the, the way it's worded. VIP start zone at the front of the pack. Not near the front or not, you know, just behind the – or at the front of the pack. So mm. I know it's, you know, big, big races like Chicago are quite clear around their corrals and you've got to submit your time and that's where you get in. And that really helps – with the flow of the of the race, and you know you don't have walkers in the front and all that sort of stuff. Something like the Comrades has a situation where there's A, B, C, C, C charity, I think it's called. But basically, people who've raised a lot of money can come in behind the C people before the D. Um, so they're not at the very front in the way of the elite and the the super fast people, but they they are getting a, a bit of an advantage. And I thought, I think that's not a bad thing. But this idea of having people being able to pay to get at the front of the start of the marathon, I think it's a bad idea. I don't like it. No, not not having, yeah, the, as you say, the pay aspect. I reported this week on the Tuesday show about Singapore Marathon offering that VIP, you will start at the front of the pack if you get one of the preferred early bird entries via social media by posting lots of tweets and you get points. And then if you get enough points, not only are you going to get jumping the queue to get into the race, but you're going to be given a spot at the front of the race. and. Gee, it's going to make it tough. Yeah, no, I don't, uh, don't like the trend at all. I think I think mm. uh, the, the comrades has got it about right, where you've got Merit. three groups in front of you that are based on the corral system, and the corral system works well. But to have people you know, paying to go at the front when they might not necessarily, that's not the right spot. And I've got to say, if you're at the very front and it's not your pace, it's pretty unpleasant to have all these people come charging past you anyway. So I don't think anybody wins. So interesting to see how that goes. Um, they are sold out on their VIP packages. So I mean, it is, and it is a good value for. I wonder how many else. they sold. Uh, it is good value for everything else they do. But that one I thought was an interesting one, and I hope I hope we don't see a trend of lots of races letting people buy their spot at the very front. No problems with a, a preference, you know, ahead of the the you know some people, but to to get in front of the elite and the very good runners. So in a, in a marathon, I would think they shouldn't be in front of four, three forty-five to four-hour pace for a large group. I think that would that would be inappropriate. Yeah, very difficult. Okay, so that was that one. Uh, another one that caught my eye was uh, under the heading of tech trends that the competitor people put out, and it was just suggesting that maybe finally we're starting to see uh, some light in terms of the end of the heart rate monitor chest strap. With the new technology, uh, with these optical sensors sitting on the back of watches that go sort of around your wrists, that potentially in time, uh, once they sort of fine-tune them a bit, that the old heart strap will go. And apparently it's quite common. A lot of people just won't wear the heart strap. They don't like it. It's uh, They just find it uncomfortable. You ever had chafing with it? Uh, I had chafing at, you know, 19-hour race in Hong Kong in tough conditions. I had a little bit, but not enough to go, oh, gee, I wish I hadn't worn it. Mm. Um, I think if I'm going to wear it for a, a, an ultra-ultra, like a you know 15-hour plus, then I'm expecting and I'm preparing for chafing and I'm prepared to 
because I want the data. Yeah. Um, but I think it's when people say, oh, I'm going to wear it for a 10K race and that sort of stuff, or for their general training, they're missing out. So interesting to see that this trend, they're saying they add a little bit to the cost at the moment. They're not 100% as good in terms of their accuracy and, their, and um, you know, under, under the... Uh, when you're really going fast or, or pushing, they might they miss might a beat not, or something. Yeah, yeah, but they're not quite quite there. So well, I can see that they're going to be a very popular trend, though, if they do really uh, become a substantial. Yeah, well, I think it'd be great if you could get if you could get the same accuracy and data and not have to wear the heart rate strap. Then that's clearly is Bonus. going to be uh, a real winner. But uh, insight, but not quite there yet. Um, and now the last piece of news we had, which is an article that we sort of. Saw went by, I think it was a Runner's World article that talked about um, is there an increase in cheating or are we just noticing it more because of sort of social media? Um, we, from time to time, talk about the, the stories and I'll never forget the guy in the Singapore Marathon who, you know, sort of got found out and his thing was, well, you know, he cut the course and got his medal and, and he was quoted as saying, well, you know, well, it just wouldn't have been right not to go across the line and get my medal, would it? <laughs> Despite the fact that he topped out yeah. you know, 18 or 18 or 19 miles out of this marathon uh, that didn't kind of register but you know not going across the line and getting his medal sort of struck so it was it was an interesting uh, article and they kind of pieced it together I suppose a bit of a case and so in, in terms of a couple of questions how common suggestion is it isn't that common it doesn't happen a lot and I think you know, everyone would hope and probably suggest that that's probably the case most of the people we know just think it's just not appropriate it's like you're cheating yourself you know, I can't really deep down say I ran the marathon if I didn't actually make yeah, it the, the whole 42.2. Yeah. And often we'd sort of joke about, oh, you know, it'd be nice if it was this or that. But deep down, I think you know that you want you to get the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it can often show up as uh, being accidental. Uh, people have shown up as cheating, but it's but it's a mistake. And what, where this can come about is, and increasingly so, with the timing chips that people are having, that somebody might pull out injured, just, you know, sick, not feeling it. So they might stop at the 5 or 10K mark of the marathon. Mm -hmm. And then they get on the sad wagon and end up back at the start-finish line. And in cheering other people or walking to get their bags or whatever, the finish line picks up their chip. And so it shows them as if as they've crossed the finish line when they haven't run the race. So they're, mm. they're, they're known as, or in this article, referred to as the accidental. I can think of one other accidental situation. If you're doing a, one of those multi-lap courses that you are going through the laps and for some reason it misreads or misses one of your counts as you go through and show, or gives you an extra one and showing that you've gone through you know 20 times instead of 18 and you think you're due to finish and you finish yep. you might miss out that way or accidentally cheat so that, so that kind of leads us to the some of the warning signs and um that the race race directors and timing companies look for and particularly it's around people missing mats um, that that's kind of a trigger if you sort of you've showed up at the start and then you've showed up at the finish but you haven't showed up anywhere in the middle or or you've you know, depending on how many mats mm -hmm. that's that's the thing mm -hmm. uh, and the other one of course is the unusual times and there is a, a bit of this sense in in uh, this world of social media that that there are people out there that are quite besotted by reviewing results and picking out and following people and that sort of stuff so they could they they kind of find somehow find people that you know, buck the trend or you know the the case this year that took off about the guy at Boston where they they reckon that his um, qualifying time didn't match with the time that he you know, so he did a qualifier in three ten and then ran four hours or something and therefore 
he must have cheated in his qualifier and off off they went. So there's a few kind of uh, warning signs, I suppose. Mm. Suggestion mm. is some race directors and, and events uh, spend a lot of time and effort on this. They're meticulous about it. Others, basically, as long as it doesn't embarrass them and it's not, not the podium people, they don't waste yeah. any time or they, they spend extra time mm. looking for that. So that's interesting. Um, how do people cheat? Yes. Well, I think one of the ones, one of the ways you've suggested is that uh, they realise there's a short. Well, they must have to check out the course in advance and work out there's a way they can actually physically cut off a corner or take out a couple of kilometres. That would be a small cheating factor of taking out a kilometre out of a race if you can. Um, so cutting the course that way. The issue then arises if you miss a mat, timing mat doing that, if you cut out a huge chunk. So yep. maybe that just that tiny discrete, if I turn down this corner, look like I'm walking off the course, giving up, but then walk back on. Yeah, the suggestion is that course cutting is the, is the, the key way in which people mm. try to cheat. And it can either be uh, on some courses, just you know, being able to, if it's a big loop time of thing, just run a bit, slip off the course, change jumpers or sort of disguise your bib run across town instead of way out and back and then join in the race and go to the finish line. The other way they talk about is, is in essence, uh, mechanical uh, shortcutting, and that is where you've got to get in a bus, a car, a train, a bike or something and actually do that. You can't just run across the, you know, get jump, on across, the, yeah. jump on the subway or type thing, and I think there's been examples of that. Yep. Uh, the other one, which is a bit more... Uh, Convoluted because you've got to involve other people. Is this is the old bib swapping uh, yes. scenario? So uh, again, this is a bit of a conspiracy where you have more than one person specifically involved. And, and again, I can see how somebody um, distressed on the day could it could sort of cut off a corner and and cheat that way and actually set out to plan it, not excusing it nor suggesting it's any less serious, but to get two or more people involved and organise cars and rides and all that sort of thing, then it's kind of a... Wow. It's a, it's a serious <laughs> it's kind a of... a very serious cheat. business. So why do people cheat? Well, in, in some cases, it's about bragging. It's about collecting the middle. It's collecting the, the, the bling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in more sinister cases, uh, there are two, two main things. Qualifying for other races. Yes. Boston is one of the, the big ones. And cash. Which we've seen firsthand. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the race where you led all the way and were told by our support crew in a 100 mile race that you were the first woman only to run into town after 20 hours of running to be told actually you were the second woman and of course the investigation then found that uh, somebody had run 25k they said Mm. then gone home for a good night's sleep and then came in and ran the last four and uh, tried to claim the was a thousand dollars I think uh, first place prize money so uh, cash and or qualifying are good ways for, for for cheating so why does it matter? Well, I think clearly it's the integrity and fairness of the sport. Uh, so from a, a starting point, it's just it's just not the right thing, thing to, to do. do to cheat. Mm. Um, but more further down the track, as we sort of mentioned, it's you know you can steal spots from people who otherwise would have got to go and run Boston or some other event. You you get in artificially, and not only do you get in, but you stop somebody who'd earned it getting getting, getting there. Exactly, and that then goes to, to flow into you know medals, finishes, shirts, all those kinds of records and things that go with that is is, is pretty damn bad. And I think one we saw by accident uh, two weeks ago in, in um, 
Terrelgan, where yes. there was an error from the timing company and that they they said that the first three weren't actually what turned out to be the first three. In fact, they actually missed the first two. two. Mm. And the, so the person who came third got the, the winner's medal and then the poor person, people who came fourth and fifth, got second and third and had to hand them back. So that was a case of a mistake. But when it's a, a cheating kind of thing, you actually are you're robbing and taking away the glory of the... Of the, of the yeah, winners who, yeah. Well, any more on cheating before we move on with the show and get to uh, Keith Hong, our big, uh, guest, our big uh, special guest, guest for the day? No, just that I do hope and I think that the um, a lot of the technology that race directors have put in place is helping to stamp out some of that cheating of, of cutting courses due to the missing mats and timing discrepancies. It's becoming more obvious when you look at the results afterwards, whereas in the old days, gun time, finish time, who knew? Ask Sue. Do you have a question you'd like answered? Why not send us a message, a tweet, or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page? Take it away, Sue. Well, on the weekend, we participated in a trail running event which saw us wearing gaiters to try and keep out sand little rocks, sticks, anything that might be going to get into our shoes and cause us both discomfort during the run and potentially blisters and other issues too. And uh, as we were running along, one person came up alongside me and, and asked, well, are they gaiters that you're wearing? I've heard about these, um, but I've never actually seen anybody wearing them. And why do you wear them? Well, why you wear them is, as I described, to try and keep out little bits of debris out of your shoes and cause just that cause can cause discomfort. But the uh, definition of gaiters are garments that are worn over the shoe and lower leg. They are a personal protective equipment factor, originally made of leather, but now made of many different materials. They can be used in dense underbrush if you're hiking or uh, running through dense trail, even in snow to keep snow out of your shoe, out of your legs or your socks, and of course sand as well as keeping out branches, thorns, um, other little bits and pieces. They can also be protective against snake bites if you've got very dense gaiters. So with the materials that they can be made out of, if you're a hiking person or you're going out into very dense terrain, obviously thicker materials. But for most of us that are running in even urban trails where little bits of rock are going could get annoying, lightweight um, lycra or any sort of nylon fabric that's going to just protect the top of your sock and the roll over the top of your shoe is going to be really effective. So gaiters can be a great little protective addition to your running wardrobe. The cheapest on the market, somewhere around $29, $30, something like that. Um, our good friend Kathy McGuire has Rock Block, but there are other colourful brands you can get as well. Or you can go for a more black or non-noticeable style gaiter. And a lot of the trail companies like Salomon, Innovate, are bringing out little gaiters as well that can just simply attach over the top of your shoe with Velcro, with um, metal clips, all sorts of things. It's up to you with gaiters, but 
really you hardly know you're wearing them and they can be a great assistance to your running. You can pay, as I said, as low as $30 or you can get up to the top of the line gaiters called crocodiles for $100 Australian. So worth investigating, just Google gaiters um, and you'll find that they will make your running, particularly on trails, a lot more comfortable and debris free. That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at partnerrunning.com. You're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and The Partner Runner magazine. Well, today on The Partner Running Show, we're talking to Keith Hong. And Keith is the director of Buzz Events & Co., which is uh, based in New South Wales. But uh, we are really thrilled to be finding out all about some of the wonderful events that are open to people from all around Australia and the world. Welcome to The Partner Running Show, Keith. Oh, good afternoon. How are you, Sue? How are you, Andrew? Uh, we're very good. We're thrilled to catch up with you because, um, sort of, well, I suppose it's a, you've got a bit of a new approach to events. And uh, two things we particularly want to talk to you about is yep. the Centennial Park Ultra. And also, what's uh, something quite interesting and exciting is the Run, Na- Run Nation. That's called Run Nation. Run Nation uh, Film Festival, which is coming up in, in about two or three weeks. So, Lots of things there, plus, of course, we want to find out a bit more about Buzz Events & Co. Um, I suppose before we sort of, we do go too far into it, just give us a bit of a, an overview of Buzz Events & Co. Uh, Buzz Events & Co. It's a, is an events company, uh, but we don't do conference, we don't do trade shows, we don't do expos, we specialise just in running events and running events only. So it's a uh, uh, it's a very lean team of um, people with both uh, uh, major events experience, and fortunately, everyone's a runner. So we are able to put on hats from both an event organizer point of view and that of a runner. Cool. So one of the things we know with uh, our audience here at the Partner Running Show is yeah. that people often like to check out our guest whilst we're talking to them. So if, if people want to find out. Uh, about Buzz Events and Co. Where yep. do they go online to find you? Um, so uh, the company we have our own website. It's really Buzz Events and Co. So it's B double Z Events and Co. So it's one word. dot com. dot um, Facebook web page is as as most social media would be great to keep up to date on what we do. It's really Facebook forward slash Buzz Events and Co. And as in A N D C O. Um, we we do try and keep up to date uh, as much as we can, uh, and naturally uh, as as uh, based on various events, whether as part of bus events and calls own production, or us uh, being being uh, asked to bring on board to help. So uh, yeah, Facebook or our own web page, uh, and I'm also quite active on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, uh, any of these three mediums would be great. Magnificent, and we'll, have, we'll include uh, links there in uh, our partner running show for this episode and uh, 
the website for mm. the show that, that people can just click there if they if they didn't get that. But otherwise, they can go direct to the website now. Yes. Now, Keith mentioned that everyone within the group were runners, yes. and that includes he himself. Yes. So, Keith, we're going to put you through the partner running dash. Okay. Okay. No <laughs> Are you ready? You're on the uh, line, ready to go. Okay. Okay. First question. Pre-run snack. Um, Nutella toast. Preferred exercise drink. Tailwind. Favourite running shoes. New Balance Minimus. Favourite running socks. X socks. Shorts or tights? Definitely shorts. Cap or not? No. How long have you been running? 28 years. Watch apps or naked? Watch. GPS or heart rate monitor? GPS. Training diary or not? <laughs> no. Favourite event? Gold Coast Marathon. Favourite run, acti- run training activity? Uh, one mile reps. Prefer alone or with a partner? Partner. Music or silent? Music. Longest run? 240 kilometers. Whoa. Um, how many times do you run per week? Uh, six during off-season, nine during event-specific. What is your favorite cross-training activity? Cycle. Do you acknowledge other runners? The quick wave or the nod. Next event? Uh, Gold Coast Marathon. Running goal? Sub 240. Do you Facebook, tweet, or blog your running? Facebook. Why do, you, why, <laughs> why do you run? Uh, it's a direct reflection of life. You put in what you get. Where focus goes, energy flow. Nice. Favorite running song? Um, it's called the XX Intro. It's a two and a half minutes music only. Mm, okay. Favorite running book? Um, Feet in the Cloud uh, by Richard Esquith. Mm-hmm. Post-run treat. If it's an ultra training, it's filet o fish. If it's marathon training, it's ramen Japanese noodles. Cool. Run inspiration. Um, it's a quote that I always give regardless of people I pace at Gold Coast Marathons. I always say to them and say to myself in this instance, don't underestimate yourself. Don't overestimate the others. Very profound. There were a lot of profound statements. Thank you very much <laughs> for running the partner running dash. And uh, oh, cool. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, I think it was pretty fast time. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, very very <laughs> fast time. And, no uh, more record, good, 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 good answers and uh, yeah. again a couple of uh, unique takes on things. So mm. thanks, Keith. Well done. Now before we do go on and uh, we want to first of all we want to really explore the Centennial Park Ultra. I'm just interested in, we've just heard a bit about your running background. What yeah. what then led you to uh, becoming a director of Buzz Events & Co? Um, I've been involved in running of different major events, probably nine or ten of the last 15 years I've been here in Australia. Uh, and, and I guess the, the, the key thing leading the last three and a half, four years with Fairfax Events being involved with 34 major events and I mean major major you know from thousands to see to serve tens of thousands 
um, uh, I just felt that, that, that there is still a space for, for within within uh, our environment to have uh, 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 someone to be able to set up a professional uh, running events company, uh, but still cater to even more runner centric uh, objective, uh, regardless of the fun run to to next half marathon or to another marathon. Um, and, and certainly with my professional knowledge within that industry and being a runner's background uh, and being able to balance the economics of running an event, uh, no, I, that's how really uh, Bus Events & Co. Uh, was born. Uh, and it's been uh, six months, 25 days into the operations. I think it's been, it's been fantastic, to be honest. That's great. That's right. yeah. yeah, and some, and some big events um, that you've been able to put your own personal touch, perhaps, onto too. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, it, it it certainly is a challenge to to. Sometimes I, I just find uh, uh, runners. I think it's 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 runners always uh, uh, make comments, uh, reference such as uh, I, "I wish they could consider this," no, no, or "Why don't they do, do things like that." Uh, and, and certainly, from a from a race starter point of view, I, well, from the, my point of view, I'm able to put on both hats: what's being practical and what's what's really runner centric. And I'm just happen to be a fortunate space and, and and time that I can put that into actual use, uh, which is why I think you no know, bus events and co. You know, uh, have that balance. Mm. Mm. Nice. Okay, so let's let's move from there to. Uh, I think I think which uh, a lot of people are really interested in is the Centennial Park Ultra, and uh, this 2015 is going to be uh, your first year as the race director. So, well, how did you get involved with Centennial Park Ultra? Oh, it's um, I, I participated in the first edition as as a runner. Had a really really great time out there. Uh, it's an amusing part of Sydney. Um, it's a training ground for a lot of different running groups. And I was involved as a volunteer for the next two editions, uh, and and really I think the event has evolved. Uh, different people have put on the event, uh, and I suppose you no know, opportunity came for me to be the race director for Centennial Park. Uh, I really felt it was a good opportunity for me to serve uh, the ultra running community because that's really still my passion. Yep. Uh, and it was just great that I now can, uh, uh, you know lead the project in, in, in the vision uh, the way I feel uh, need, uh, in, 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 in the potential realize the potential um, and, and and still maintain that really tiny event community runners focus uh, and I suppose is still expanding it uh, introducing people to the world of ultra running in a in a, in a city space really so yeah and, and the opportunity came on and I really grabbed it with both hands and I just said, well, let's do it. So that's, yeah, that's a, perhaps a very simple summary of how, how my introduction to the event and how I got involved. No, that's good, straight to the point. That's what we like to hear. And so um, you uh, walking down the street and uh, someone comes up to you and says, uh, Keith, I've got 30 seconds or a minute. Tell me, what is the Centennial Park Ultra? What's your, what's your, what's your elevator pitch? What's your opening description? Um, a runners uh, and community centric uh, running event that caters both the uh, ultra nuts and, and the wider community who loves the half marathon or full marathon uh, and those who like team event, a uh, team relay event. 
Okay, so that's my yeah, good good answer. I like that. Yeah, and I suppose now that's sort of introduced. What are the events that are on for the Centennial Park Ultra, and when is it, and where is it? Three questions. Yeah. (laughs) Question. Um, It's in Centennial Park uh, in uh, in uh, Sydney, Australia. Uh, For those who are outside New South Wales uh, or different parts of the country or outside Australia. it's it's almost like the Hyde Park of of New York, or you know, it's 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 in this not have protected uh, environment where it's many hundreds of hectares of different parkland um, uh, located near Randwick, a short walking distance from Central Station, two uh, k from the city. Um, it's on the second of August, twenty uh, fifteen. And uh, there are four different events on, uh, 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, a team relay, uh, which you can have team relay of to do two people to do the 50 kilometers pair, or you can get a team of two, three or four to do the 100 kilometers relay. Uh, and this year we introduced a junior's hot lap. So the course is actually a 3.57 loop. Um, so this junior's hot lap, they will do. A, I call it the junior's hot lap, uh, and all monies from that event uh, goes to the Bear Cottage, which is a children's hospice, um, uh, which is part of the Westmead uh, Children's Hospital. So it's really these four events, uh, but the team relay, of course, is segmented into a few more sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there a cutoff time for the hundred k, for instance, or the one the, the big event? Are there cutoffs for each of the events? Yeah, yeah. Um, there is no defined cutoff for the fifty, just because it is in the same space. It is twelve hours for the hundred kilometers uh, uh, event. So, um, so technically, the fifty k people have up to twelve hours to uh, to complete the uh, fourteen loops. Uh, the hundred k, you know, uh, you know, from past last four editions, fortunately, we don't really have a lot of people who missed the cutoff, uh, and that's twenty eight laps. Uh, which is a lot of labs. So I, I like to see Centennial Park Ultra not just being a physical, but it plays with your head. It, it's a very mental challenge uh, to go to the level of uh, pace maintenance and nutrition strategy and how to consistently uh, keep yourself motivated to, to do that number of laps. It's long enough to get into momentum, and, but short enough for you to get the level of support that you need each lap. So that's perhaps what's unique about it. Yeah, I think um, often I hear a lot of runners will say, "Oh, you know, a loop course, I couldn't do that." And whether it's whether it's uh, a loop of four hundred k, a four hundred four hundred k, four hundred meters around an athletes track, <laughs> yeah. or yeah. you know. Um, uh, you know, one of the races we're doing later this year, the Yu Yang's hundred mile, where it's uh, eight twenty kilometer loops, mm. and, and then everywhere in between. And people think, oh, loops, I just couldn't do it. But uh, I and, and Sue and I used to be the same. But we once we started to do some courses like this, um, yeah. we found that it's actually a magnificent way to improve your running, to work on your strategy. So you know, you don't have to. You're going to get to run, say, 150 or 100 kilometres, but you don't have to worry about carrying your mandatory gear, your supplies, your drinks. You can, you know what the terrain is. You can work on your lap times if you've got family and friends coming to watch or or support you instead of seeing you once every 
who knows how often in a 100k race they get to see you every lap so there's a whole lot of reasons why something like centennial park um is a is a magnificent uh, event and a magnificent way of people improving their running um uh, that would be one of the things, I suppose, which has attracted you to the event? Oh, uh, absolutely. I think, Andrew, you, you definitely mentioned it, right? And for me, it's running or ultra running. Uh, it is a very small, uh, a very family feel. And when you have the opportunity for, for it to be almost like a little carnival, a little big, you no, know, it's almost like a Sunday barbecue where you get to see all your mates together again, only that they get to really cheer on them every other lap. They can choose to go into their zone for four or five laps, and you can choose to cheer them on for two, three laps. I guess that's really what it's all about, bringing both the families and friends and all the supporters together, uh, and, 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 and it's just a running event too. So it's, it's running is the main medium, but it's not what this whole event is about. It's about bringing people together. So with regards to participating in Centennial Park Ultra, yeah. um, who, well, who can participate? Is it for the experienced runner? Is it for the novice? It, what, uh, what do you think about the different formats and what that means for runners? Um, for, for, I think people get a little bit intimidated when they see it's an ultra event and they think, oh, I'm only a half marathon runner, I, I can't step up. The 50K, 100K, we, we certainly don't have any qualifying uh, standards. I guess the the the, the, the the purpose, perhaps, to not have a qualifying is because this is a very controlled and loop course mm. uh, that people have the opportunity to feel safe, that they, they're able to try different things. And that's really one way we want to ask people, if you want to try an ultra, Centennial Park Ultra is a good introduction into the world of distance running. It's not just about going through mountains or going on bitumen for a really long distance. Um, and for, for those... Uh, uh, general runners who, who are a, a little bit intimidated hence that's really we created the team relay event uh, you can do two laps of 25 you can do one runner can do one lap the other runner can do 13 laps if you still want to be friends you probably won't do that but uh, it's, it's really trying out what works best within you know, two different people or a team of two three or four and really when when the team came together and put the event on the date we deliberately put it just before Oxfam, uh, Sydney, uh, so they can have it as a final hit out. Now, let's all go try our nutrition, our strategy, our pace, uh, get the families out and support us for once before the big event. Or, you know, Relay can, uh, people who are training for Sydney or Melbourne can go, hey, let's have this as a team event with all our running squad. So that's, that's really in terms of why we put it on that date uh, and the format of the race. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that I think makes a lot of great sense. So in essence, if you're a new person to ultra running or not sure you can do the distance, then find a, a buddy and start out head out in the team. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and if you're a, uh, somebody who wants to take on your first ultra or an experienced ultra person, then yeah, it's a good way to step up from the marathon to 50k or from 50 to 100 mm, without getting stranded somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's it's um. You know, it is. It's a great way to step up because you you don't have to worry about that extra challenge of carrying your gear and you know maybe maybe having an aid station every yep. ten or fifteen kilometres. It's like every lap. Oh, and I suppose drink. that is a question then for for support for runners. There is an aid station set up. Uh, officially, there are two aid stations. One really at the 
the main raise uh, uh, venue, or I call it the Runners HQ. Um, there is a, a really a very substantial, uh, I call it the buffet area. So we're going to have a really extensive amount of different food, savory, sweet, saltish, sour, sweets. Um, and of course, we have different types of uh, nutritions, including tailwind nutritions uh, and, and different support, you know, paramedics and uh, all, all of that massage. And the other, the other aid station, which is 1.64 kilometers away, almost at halfway, uh, a very similar setup, uh, less quantity, uh, but still enough to serve all the runners. And they'll get that, hit the aid station twice every lap. Yeah. Cool. Now, um, again, we, I should have asked you this, Keith, but for people wanting to find out all about the Centennial Park Ultra, they should go to yeah. the Centennial Park Ultra website, which I think is at www.cpultra.com.au. That's the spot. That's correct. Yeah, um, and I think there's also is there also Facebook. Uh, there is there's also Facebook forward slash Facebook dot com forward slash CP Ultra. Uh, alternatively, if they just want to go straight to, to the ticketing page, uh, it's uh, go on to Eventbrite, which is a ticketing uh, 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 host, uh, and then you search C- Centennial Park Ultra or CP Ultra, they will be able to find the ticketing system up as well. Okay, so if you um, you certainly do that, but I reckon the the good way to go is to go to uh, cpultra.com.au because it's got all the information about the events and it's got the link there to register to, mm, to take some maps there. and some photos and all sorts of things. So, uh, Keith, talk us a bit more about the Juniors Hot Lap. What time's that on, and uh, what? How old should should uh, the Juniors be to to make the most of this one? The Juniors Hot Lap is going to start at 1 p.m. on that Sunday afternoon, just enough time for families to still, you know, take time to wake up the kids and uh, gather all their stuff. And so we're going to open up to uh, juniors between the age of 4 to 12. Uh, We do have a very small prize money. I think really, it's not really just to really incentivize kids, uh, but it's just really an added motivation. But really the key is we want to to, to really encourage all of them to be in support, to support the Bear Cottage. Uh, uh, and uh, kids, you know, it's a, it is a very well-run facility, a children's hospice. They do amazing things for the children. And really, we just want to uh, uh, let the juniors know. Now, there are probably other kids who are not that fortunate, uh, might not be in the best of health. Uh, and, and the fact that they, they, they have the opportunity to do a good lab to support those who are less fortunate that's probably really the, the the key message that we want to drive through. Mm. Okay, and now... Um, through juniors, 4 to 12, $10. Okay. Yeah. And people can register now. And what's the cutoff for registration? Uh, we, we're able to register up, right up to the 30th of July, uh, the week, the Friday before. So we uh, for juniors hot lap, we can take entry right up on the day. So not a problem. Okay, oh, cool. cool. Yeah. But we do encourage people to get on and mm. enter straight away and mm. so that helps with the planning and all that sort of thing. Now, yeah. um, I note that for your picking up your bibs, there's, there's kind of, yeah. I suppose, two options. The, there is, uh, for those that, say, might be like coming into Sydney the night before or something, there is a, an option to pick up on the day. But the a better option is for people to go to one of the um, race supporters or the naming sponsor, I suppose, and pick up from there. Is that right? That's correct, uh, 
Centennial Park is, is really very supported by a uh, specialized running uh, uh, retail uh, outlet called Pace Athletics. Uh, they're based in, in Mossman. Uh, I guess they are like all of us, you, know, you Sue, Andrew, and myself, they're all runners. Uh, but they, they have a very good way and approach that they don't really push products, they just really fit what you need. And, and um, we just want to give people an opportunity to, you know, if they need to pick up any last-minute products or, 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 or nutrition, uh, they can pick up the beeps uh, right in the store on the Friday and Saturday prior. So they can just rock up on Sunday ready to go and they can catch that extra 15 minutes of sleep uh, before they rock up at uh, 6 a.m. for the 100K and mm. 7 a.m. for the mm. 50K. So Cool. Yeah. Um, now for... Well, I suppose for some Sydney people too might not know, but certainly for people who might be coming in from interstate, um, how's the best way to get to Centennial Park? Can you drive and park, or do you come by public transport, or do you uh, stay nearby and walk yep. or run? <laughs> we we certainly want to encourage people to carpool if possible, uh, but there is ample, and I mean ample, uh, amount of parking. Uh, but what I noticed the last couple of years, people tend tend to carpool. Um, you are able to drive uh, public transport for 6 a.m. start for the 100k can be a bit challenging because it is about uh, I believe about just under 3k from central station so uh, certainly I encourage people to carpool uh, either if they're, if they're coming from interstate want to, want to be picked up just post it on Facebook uh, I'm very confident that one or two runners or 10 will offer to pick them up from uh, their respective accommodations uh, yeah, and, and it's certainly a, a, a nice walk from city if they choose to want to use it as a warm-up as well. And if, if people were coming from out of Sydney and looking to stay, what, what sort of areas of Sydney would you suggest might be suitable or a good place to stay? Um, the, there, there are a couple of motels. If, if people want a more cost-efficient way, um, uh, they can choose uh, motels in, in Randwick area. And it's really fairly close. Uh, for those who, who uh, the inner city, if they choose uh, even places like High Park in in city, uh, it is it is literally a, a, a five minutes taxi ride just straight down into uh, into the city. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Airbnb, uh, and and certainly if they do want to go Airbnb and choose that option, just look around uh, a Randwick area or even just uh, east of Sydney, uh, it is fairly close. So all these are quite good alternatives. And I suppose it's also it's not that far from, say, uh, Bondi, Coogee, that sort of area, if people wanted to yeah, stay yeah, down by the beach. Direction. And, mm. uh, and, and, of course, um, Randwick is not too far from uh, the airport, so it's on that side of town. So if you know people were coming in for the weekend and wanted to be flying out on a Sunday night flight, then, again, it's... Um, it's doable. You've got time to run mm. and then get to the airport and be home by the, you know, yeah. by the end of the uh, day on Sunday. Yeah, for work back on. Cut at 6 p.m. So if they book an 8 p.m. flight, it's very, very safe. <laughs> yes, you're going to get there. Yes, get, um, which is good, a good, good part about when you've got like a 12-hour cutoff. It's like, you you know, there's no questions asked. You know that you're, <laughs> you're gonna, done by then. You got it one way or another, you're going to be right for the 8 o'clock flight. And you're going to be... At the, at the spot you know where you're going to be too, you're yes. not sort of way on the other side. Exactly. Now, for people that are coming from out of town in particular, yep. but maybe also for some people uh, closer to home, what sort of weather can we expect for Centennial Park Ultra at that time of year? Uh, 
it's funny though if you look at the last 10 years the first two weeks in August that's probably only two occasions that the weather is wet but the other eight it's always been very cool uh, at about a, a, a seven eight degrees start in the morning and it warms up to not more than 18 19 degrees so it's almost near perfect weather and and if you look at it on a different angle that's why you have more weddings in the first two weeks in august in sydney than any other month uh, so <laughs> it's always a good indication pick the weekend with the most wedding is because oh. it's good weather <laughs> to give that tip to, to other race directors maybe <laughs> I've given it away now. Yes, you have. Yeah, <laughs> Keith. One of the things we haven't asked you about is the the course and and sort of the suppose the surface, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any hills, the terrain. What can what can runners expect from that perspective? Oh, it's 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 around what we call a white fence. It's actually packed dirt. So, just to give you an idea, you can run. You don't need trail shoes. General uh, runners uh, is, is is sufficient uh, uh, elevation. You probably get about very mild, not more than two meters of change. It's almost quite flat. It's very mild, so there's no hills at all. It's just very minor undulation. Uh, some some events can say it's undulation, but you can feel it. But this is a, a very mild climb on the on the first half, very mild descent on the second half. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's almost no hills at all. So perfect time. Just to give you a bit of perspective, the fastest time clocked on the 50k loop it's 3:03, which is really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and no, uh, most no, we have runners completing the 50k in about just past seven hours. So it, it gives you a good perspective on how quick the course can be, or or how efficient if you want to get more value for your time. Cool. cool. Um, now, in terms of um, spectators, people might be coming along with families or partners or friends. What what's uh, in store uh, if you're coming along as a spectator? Sort of. Uh, this year, we we we're gonna we have I've changed things up a little bit. This year, we're gonna have what they call a a runner's pit lane. So there's a dedicated section if runners feel actually I don't don't really want to you know run past my crew. I can just stay on the course itself and and then continue on if you feel you need support in this round this lap you can just peel off at a defined section of the course and set then you run past all the different pit lanes or different crew or different tents and you can find that's my crew that's my family uh, and every runners will know exactly uh, how many laps they have done there is a, a lap a, a big screen for both the competitors and the support crew so they know right Andrew is on the no Yep. 15 left. Uh, Sue is on 15 left as well. And you have like six left to go. Your last lap was this elapsed time. So, yeah, so that's all these very minor things. We're going to have a little, uh, a big little rest area with little bean bags everywhere where it's quite chill. And there's going to be heaters everywhere to keep you warm if you feel chilly. Uh, merchandise area, uh, a little barbecue, which we're trying to uh, work out with the uh, Centennial Parklands. So it's a very cosy, cool area. Cool. Different. So you mentioned um, Bear Cottage is sort of like the charity partner. Um, yes. And we, we started to talk a little bit about Pace Athletic. but So let's keep I – mean, well, I think it's important that we talk about the, the, the race supporters yeah. and, and sponsors yes, and the partners. Yeah. So first of all, um, 
the presenting partner is, is Pace Athletic. That's correct. Um, so the other presenting partner is Pace Athletics, uh, located out in Mossman. Uh, we also are very, you know, very humbly supported by Camel Pack. Uh, uh, they are providing a lot of different products to to both the winners and the runners themselves. Uh, nutrition, we have Tillwind Nutrition. Uh, I think it's a product that's been picked up not just the ultra running uh, community now, but I think a lot more mainstream runners are beginning to to identify themselves with these products. I, I just like that tagline. All you need all day. Yep. Yeah. Really, I think that's what the tagline is. Uh, and also, we have Carmen's Kitchen, which the lovely uh, Carmen's Muesli Bar. They are providing a lot of their products. Uh, and we have um, uh, our merchandise partner, which is called Second Skin. Uh, they're actually based in Melbourne too, uh, where you guys are. So amazing apparels uh, uh, available for purchase or for people to look. Very bright, very cool messages. Uh, certainly, I do ask everyone to go and check them out when they're here at the merchandise area. Mm. Haven't nice. come across them before, so we'll go. No, we and haven't. Check them out. And that's what people can do when they go to the website: is have a look at some of these different sponsors and products and things that are available for runners, which is you know one of the things we like to do. Right. They have got some cool designs, as we're seeing there. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> yes, we're checking it the as we're doing. Very interesting. Looking. So, Keith. What haven't we asked you about Centennial Park Ultra that that we should be telling people? If uh, uh, don't be intimidated by that fact that it's an ultra event. Even if they feel they just want to come out and check out the event itself, even if they just want to be in the event, uh, Centennial Park it's it's an amazing, amazing part of Sydney. It's 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 been around for next year. It's going to be the hundred fifty year hundred fifty year anniversary. Uh, such rich history and. We're just really humbled that have the opportunity to have such an event uh, in such a pristine, well-kept space. And it's best beautiful dark pond, amazing walks, and such a rich history. And day and night, there's such a different feel. And, and there's a cyclist heaven, runners heaven, walkers heaven, uh, uh, people with pets heaven. It's just come and check out the park. Not not even just the event. You know, if they're not here for the weekend event. That's fine. The park itself is amazing. So, you know, Google Centennial Parklands. It's it's a really, really cool spot. Think um, the tan, no, it's, it's somewhat the equivalent of that in the city. Only better than Melbourne's tan. <laughs> but yeah, bigger than Melbourne's tan. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's a good chance. It's in a park. There's a good chance it's going to be edited out of the transcript. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's uh, certainly one of the things that we probably haven't mentioned that I like uh, – running through Centennial Park as we've done many times in the Sydney Marathon is is yeah. as well as seeing all the people and the activities and things you described, you do get those glimpses of the Sydney skyline and I think that again is another yeah, exciting absolutely. part of it. A mm. um, bit like, you know, as you say, in, in um, yeah, Cent- Central Park in New York or Hyde Park in London, you do get to see... The city, and that again helps pass the time and keeps it yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's always something happening, to something to look at. So you know, yeah. worried about laps, forget it. Okay, so Centennial Park Ultra coming up uh, August the second. Um, something there for everybody, whether it's a solo or a team, kids, fifty, hundred k, and you can find out all about Centennial Park Ultra and register at www.cpultra.com. .au and we'll have the direct link here on the Partner Running Show. Now, Keith, while we've got you, we want to find out all about the 
Runation, Sydney's first running film festival. This sounds like a new concept for Australia, something we haven't come across before. What is a Runation? And uh, yeah, tell us all about it. First of all, what is it? Uh, it's it's really a a, a series of um, uh, original, uh, unique uh, content uh, using I call it a non-running running event. Uh, it's 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 really allowing people to have the opportunity to listen to other people's stories. Um, uh, and we 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 do tend to make it an annual event and have it bring you know a tour of the country. So we are starting it this year. Uh, it's uh, the Sydney's uh, edition. Uh, the first edition is going to have a compilation of uh, seven different unique stories, uh, both from Australia and around the world, uh, from. You know, short track and field all the way to trail to marathon to ultra marathon. So it really appeals is really to appeal not just to the uh, to anyone who likes park run, to anyone who loves marathon, to people who adores long distance running, or even partners of runners who just want to know why what motivates people to run. So it's it's really I like to call it perhaps think. Think a bit like Band Film Festival, but it's all about running. So that's perhaps a good way to look at it. Okay. So I suppose the next question is, well, when is it? And, well, where is it? I think you did mention it was in Sydney, but just guess when is it? Uh, It's on the 10th of July uh, uh, this year, and it's uh, in a really beautiful cinema called Ritz, uh, R-I-T-Z, Ritz Cinema in Randwick. Um, we have it right. We just saw it's close to Santana Park, close to the heart of the running community uh, here in Sydney. Um, and yeah, if, if they keen to check it out, we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash bus run, bus events run nation. That's B U Z events run nation. Or if they go on to eventbrite, again, eventbrite.com.au. Um, in search for uh, running film festival Sydney, uh, and then give a d- description of um, what this event's about, what kind of uh, original uh, content they're going to see. Uh, we we kind of fortunate that we we have two feature events, uh, feature films. Pardon, pardon me. Uh, this this time we have uh, a movie never been screened in Australia before. It's about the Boston Marathon winner Wesley Corey uh, about his his journey his story on how he he became an elite athlete being being really overlooked uh, as as someone to to really uh, being the top of their game to him in the world of politics back in his home country um, and the other feature film is an Australian feature film which has won quite a few awards in Europe it's called Sub 30 uh, it's featuring uh, m- one of my favorite races as well, the Coast to Coast Osco Ultra Marathon. Uh, Rob Mason is the Australian ultra uh, athlete on this uh, uh, quest to achieve a sub 30 hours uh, time for the uh, Coast to Coast Ultra Marathon. And on the other, many other short films have different stories, different footage, different sceneries, different music. It, it, it evokes so many different emotions. Uh, uh, it's 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 it gives you the highs, gives you the lows, and and you can really feel and empathize and really feel. I know what he's feeling. I know why she says that. You know, that's all this thing that uh, I think 
runners or partners or runners can relate to. So I'm just really excited that uh, uh, both me and my, my, my team, we have the opportunity to put that together. Um, but we do intend to bring it to different cities. So Melbourne is next on our cards. Uh, we, we do want to bring it to Melbourne, uh, uh, hopefully before Melbourne Marathon and Brisbane and Newcastle. Uh, and you know, we'd love to bring it over to uh, the west side of the country as well. Uh, and whether it will go around the world, um, who knows? We'll, we'll see how the, this, this first one goes. First, yeah. Yeah, great concept. Absolutely. I'm yeah, thinking, uh, looking forward to the Melbourne I think we should, we should make an entry for next year's festival. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's got some editing to do, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful concept. Now, mm. um, it starts at 6 p.m. on Friday the 10th, is that right? That's correct, yeah. So uh, 6 p.m. is when people can start coming to pick up uh, their tickets. Uh, we, we have a, a VIP tickets where we're just fortunate a lot of the sponsors are, are keen to share some of their different products with, with, with a lot of the VIPs. Uh, they get a, a, a glass of bubbly as they arrive. They get preferred seating right in the middle. Uh, uh, they get special early entry prior. Uh, they get a bling bag with a lot of different contents, uh, second skin running top. Uh, they get a special LED torch from LED Lenser. Um, uh, they get a very specialized discount, big discounted vouchers from uh, a running specialized store in Australia and Sydney called Running Science in Roselle. Um, and Run Lab is coming on board, uh, giving uh, different people uh, vouchers for the VIPs, and you no know, Sunto is coming on board to give away lots of prizes as well. And Let Lenser is giving away uh, those six of their really best head torch that all runners uh, uh, use uh, on their runs. So, and there's heaps more. And, and Carmen's Bar coming on board just to give snacks to everyone that comes to the movie. And the list goes on. So yeah, yeah. we exciting. we have fortunately sold out of the VIP tickets, uh, but runners can still uh, go online and get the general admissions tickets. Uh, event go on Eventbrite, uh, so tickets still on sale, including on the day. But it's going really quick. A lot of the different running clubs are uh, are bringing big groups uh, as a social uh, outing. Uh, but uh, go on Eventbrite, search for. Running Film Festival, Sydney. Um, yeah, um, if, if I can just share a little bit more about the plan for uh, Run Nation, really the next next year or the, or the, the ultimate goal that we have. Yeah, please do. Um, we, we do want to have the opportunity for other runners to share their story, which is you know, the whole theme about Run Nation is to listen to everyone's story. Uh, I'm sure, you no, know, Bo. I can't wait if if you, both of you, share your story and how you became, why you both run and put it on the big screen. I mean, how cool is that? Yep. So, so the idea is to to have it like a little uh, trop fest kind of format festival. We we will be asking you know people to share their running stories. We'll have an opportunity on the website, which will be launched in early December. Um, upload their stories. We'll pick a winner. Uh, we'll be awarding a prize, a cash prize to the winner that we pick, and then to have it screened around the country when it goes, Run Nation goes around the country in 2016. Um, and, you know, to really share your story on what gets you out of bed in the morning at ungodly hours, at, in the rain, in the heart, on why sometimes you sacrifice you know, the time and the, the money and 
you know, everyone has such amazing stories. So I really want to have an opportunity to, to for people to share that. You know, they can. We have all the technology now to just use your iPhone to create some amazing professional footage. But no, it's not. We're not after a high definition, uh, professionally edited. All we ask is just really share your story, and, and we really want to have the opportunity to do that. So. We'll, we'll be we will be sharing that uh, at the end of Run Nation Sydney, uh, but certainly when we bring go around Melbourne this year, we'll definitely launch it for a December. Uh, 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 the competition uh, probably we don't really want to have call it a competition, but to really open it up for everyone. Um, yeah, magnificent! It sounds pretty exciting, and uh, certainly keen to support and uh, promote at one level. But then Thank maybe you. even to uh, make a submission. But yeah, we're anything we can do to help out. That's mm, it's a great. It is. It's a great concept. It's a very exciting concept. As you say, like really, we all we all have the technology at our fingertips to just record our own personal journeys. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think I think also um, it, with that comes uh, the ability. Uh, one of the things I think is exciting is is as that develops, I can see how some uh, tips, guidelines, and and. Um, Almost oh, some yeah. training and education for people yeah. will come yeah. about to help them do that because, let's face it, when it comes to uh, writing and uh, video type stuff, yeah. there is some wonderful stuff, but some people have no idea and they come out with stuff which is just terrible. And so this is a good way of helping people see examples of what's good and give them some tips around creating, you know, Things which engage other people rather than bore the pants off them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of describing oh, it. A, yes. That's a, that's a great suggestion. I think is sharing people, uh, sharing people, giving them the, the little guide on what's good, what's what's better, what's best. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's no crap stuff. Uh, I'm sure it's just uh, this is this is good, this is better, and this is best. Yeah. So. And that this and here are some tips and tricks. So yeah, great suggestion, Andrew. Definitely, yeah. I'll definitely include that. Thank you. I, th- I think that really adds adds extra value to to the whole process. So, is there anything else we need to to ask you about Runation? Um, really, give this give this event a go, and and, and don't feel it's going to be just one story or, or one sided. Uh, when when both me and my team sat down, we really wanted to have a balance of both uh, running uh, of of all all sides of running, uh, whether it's short, long, fast, slow, age group, masculine energy, feminine energy. It's all about ensuring that balance. Uh, so we 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 definitely have. We like to think that we have achieved a good balance. Of course, we can always improve. In fact, you know, uh, right after this conversation, I'm going down to the production company that is doing the digital cinema uh, conversion uh, to talk about. You no, know, do we do we want to change a few more things? You, you can never settle on 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 being balancing our content. So it's it's just about. Uh, give this event a go, but start thinking about what's what story you have to share, and and everyone have a story, regardless whether why you run, what keeps you running, and and the kids, the parents, the family, the, the environment, the trails, the weather, uh, where you're from, where you were, where you want to go, your Olympic dream, your 
park run dream, your fun run dream, and all of that. I want to hear. I'm sure people want to hear. You know, I get excited just talking about it. You know, <laughs> and and I, I want to hear both your story and how you came about. I read your book. I was like, wow! Imagine that on the big screen. I'm like, <laughs> so you know, it's all of that. I, the more I talk about it. It's it's all about that. Whether you are a running celebrity or you are a a mom with ten kids at home, you have your story, and let us hear it. Let us hear it mm-hmm. on the big screen around the country. How cool is that? that is so big. that's really what gets me excited. No, excellent. Now, before we do let you go, we appreciate your time, and we could we could talk to you for hours about not just uh, Run Nation and. Um, Centennial Park Ultra, but all the other things you're going. Is there anything else that you can uh, or would like to tell us about in terms of Buzz Events and Co. and the things you're up to? And we understand that you know, these sort of some... things in commercial development you can't, <laughs> can't let out of the bag yet. Although we are we are always open to an exclusive. If you've got anything special to tell us, we're yeah, not going to say uh, no. But I, is there anything else that you've, you're working on at the moment that we should? I think you've had at least one other event that's announced publicly. Uh, yeah, um, we, we are in the background working. I think uh, we, we see a lot of big different fun runs around, but I think the next project that's going to come up from Bus Events & Co. will be very focused on the juniors. Uh, they are the, the, the athletes of the future, whether they, you know, we, we tend to see a lot of juniors going through the ranks, coming out cross country, coming out little A's, AAs. Uh, I think the Bus Events & Co., just want to give them a lot more different opportunity to uh, uh, to have events that's that's professionally run without any um, association with, with any other uh, 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 any other organization uh, that's just focused on giving them uh, the opportunity to 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 further uh, enhance their running experience. So, uh, uh, so definitely, you heard it first on 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 couples on the run that we will be developing a series of uh, juniors focused uh, events uh, for twenty sixteen. So, watch this space. Magnificent. Now, I think you're also involved with uh, something in Newcastle in October. Is that right? Oh, uh, that's that's one of the big ones. Uh, thanks for reminding me. That uh, uh, it's called I Run uh, I Run I Stadium Run. Um, I'm just fortunate to be brought on board. Uh, bus event that could be brought on board to help be the operations logistics uh, for the event, uh, and I'm also the race director for the event. Um, I'm actually just shutting down the city of Newcastle for half a Sunday morning. I'm just delighted that the amount of support I'm receiving from the different stakeholders, uh, the RMS, the local area command, the police. Like Newcastle City Council, they all just said, "What do you guys want to do?" And we told them, "This is our dream," and they were like, "Cool! How can we help?" So from the first time we spoke to them in in twenty twenty fourteen till now, uh, the you know we just received enormous support from the different stakeholders. So now, what the support that we need will be from the actual running community to go, "Hey, let's let's this is going to be a brand new." event in Newcastle uh, start and finish in Hunter Stadium just just like Melbourne you finish inside Hunter Stadium which is a really world class facility uh, it's hosted you know, the um, uh, Asian Cup uh, soccer Asian Cup there's some amazing football rugby league AFL and now you get to 
start and finish marathon stadium, uh, very aptly known. So it's on the um, 11th of October. There's the juniors one mile, a 5K, a 10K, and of course uh, the uh, 21.097, if I can be more specific. Uh, We have... <laughs> we all need to be specific. Eloise Welling, the Olympian, she's she will be racing uh, the twenty one k, and we have Victoria Mitchell, the other Olympian as well. Uh, she hasn't decided whether it will be the five or the ten, but both of them were at the launch, and we were really happy that that we have the two one of the best countries in uh, two best runners in the country giving their support for this fast uh, half marathon. So. For Bus Events and Co., and the, the next three months is just all about focusing on putting on the best half marathon event that we have seen in the country, uh, and also producing the Centennial Park Ultra and Run Nation. So it's a very, very busy time for Bus Events and Co. Uh, but for me personally, being a director point of view, the, the opportunities that the runners uh, have given me to myself and the team, uh, including both you know, two of you, Sue and Andrew. Uh, given me the opportunity to share uh, share my dreams really just that I'm, I'm a runner and, and I really would can say you no know, I've, I've been there I, I can put on hats and explain to you no we definitely can do that we'll definitely be able to implement this and perhaps to explain why we have limitations and work around it so that's what Bus Events and Co is all about for runners by runners and this is what we are here for, to serve everyone. Well, that looks exciting. Just had a quick look at the course map there for the Newcastle event. So, again, if you're in – well, Newcastle's a great place to visit from anywhere in Australia, but certainly if you're a, a Newcastle or a Sydney person, uh, mm. it's a magnificent weekend and, and going to be a, a, a quite a nice well, – not, not, a, not a quite a nice, a spectacular event. And also being sort of that few weeks after Sydney, if you've – participated in the Sydney Marathon Festival this is just a nice time to stick off your next event and be back into it so well that was a bit of a surprise Keith we weren't expecting to learn all about that one but but (laughs) thanks for taking us there look I think we have uh, well well and truly um, taken up enough of your time we we really appreciate uh, been very exciting to hear about the well, about what Buzz Events and Co is doing first of all, but then as we've yeah. you've taken us through Centennial Park, Runation, and and uh, now onto the plans for next year, and of course finishing up there with the the Ice Stadium run in Newcastle. So, so yeah. you anything else you want to ask Keith before we let him go? Well, I think he's told us some of the plans for 2016, and we'll be very excited to see what goes on next year as well. But very excited about this year. Yes. For some of those concepts, um, yeah, very very keen on. Uh, the notion of this run of the Run Nation Film Set Festival that it that it will go to other cities, um, which is really valuable, I think, for the running community. Magnificent, Keith. So right. we, we should you. Uh, give you the final word. Anything else you'd like to add? And thank you very much for joining us on the Partner Running Show. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Sue. Uh, I really appreciate giving me the opportunity to share. And if both of you can start putting on your thinking cap and see what story you'd like to share, and who knows, maybe be on the big screen. Yes. <laughs> Get the cameraman out in action. Yes, the mo- <laughs> lots of lots of ideas coming to mind there. It's fantastic. Cool. Thank you again. Thanks, Keith. Okay, thanks, Keith. Okay, so to find out more about Centennial Park Ultra, go to uh, cpultra.com.
www.buzzevents.com.au. Uh, that's the big one to enter. But if you go to uh, the Buzz Events uh, and Co website, again, they've got the links mm. to all the wonderful activities to going on everything. there with Keith and his team. Thanks a lot, Keith. Thank you. The Road Ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. Well, speaking of the road ahead, uh, Keith will be off to the Gold Coast Marathon, which is one of the running highlights for the Australian running calendar every year. And, of course, <laughs> is uh, one of the highlights for this weekend with the, um, I think there's the five, the ten, the half, and the marathon. So what else do we have in terms of running coming up? Well, this weekend is the 4th of July weekend or Independence Day weekend, big, big in the US. Um, So we've got a few marathons sort of on that theme. The Red, White and Blue Marathon in Santa Monica, Stars and Stripes in Long Beach and also a couple of Stars and Stripes marathons in other cities around the US. But in the general world, we have the Genghis Khan Festival in China, Zolsta in Norway, the Angel Fire Adventure Marathon in New Mexico, Mikkeli in Finland, Montefon Arlberg in Germany, Buff Enigma Series in the UK, Unions Marathon in Norway, Zermatt in Switzerland, that sounds cool, the Alpen Marathon del Zerbion in Italy, we have the Carlton Kirchner Herbst Marathon in Germany, the Rouge Marathon in Estonia, uh, the Wales Marathon in the UK, and Dupacasi Mayo in Peru, but some other big ones closer to home, the Sundown Night Marathon in Singapore Ooh, is on this good. weekend. But within, uh, oh, and then even well, closer to home, the Harbour Capital Marathon in Wellington over in New Zealand. Two big ones in Australia, Geraldton in the WA, and as you've mentioned, um, probably in Australia, the uh, big running event definitely for this weekend, the Gold Coast Airport Marathon. Well, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, another partner running show. It's been a two-show week, as we said, uh, ultra partner running show week, uh, mm-hmm. with back-to-backs. Um, and a, a big and extra special thanks to uh, Keith Holm. Uh, great interview. Great to find out all about the Centennial Park Marathon, which we're hoping to uh, enjoy. Well, we're going to enjoy it. We'll get along to. And, of course, looking forward to Run Nation and the Film Festival and, and what that might become in years to come, let alone mm. uh, first year in Sydney and uh, yeah, watch this space I think as Keith, Keith said and uh, keep, keep an eye on Buzz Events and Co for all the other great things that they've got going on and in the melting pot look forward to hearing all about them in the future indeed okay thanks Sue uh, thanks Keith and thanks everyone we'll see you next week on the Partner Running Show you're listening to the Partner Running Show with your hosts Couple on the Run Sue and Andrew O'Brien proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine.